Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely help make that happen. everybody today on the podcast we're going to be talking about nil that's name image and likeness so uh thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy it all right well uh thank you guys for listening uh my name is jason this is pri talk and uh thanks for thanks for being here um appreciate all of you guys that are listening in each week um, trying to get a little bit of recruiting advice, help, knowledge, uh, whatever, whatever, um, whatever you're listening for. I appreciate you tuning in. So um, th- this week, I did want to talk a little bit about um, this whole NIL idea. Okay, so NIL is name, image, likeness, name, image, and likeness, not NLI or National Letter of Intent. Um, although those there's definitely some 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 uh some maybe not similarities but definitely some comparisons uh going forward with these two things but um but wanted to talk about the NIL um there was an article and I posted this uh last month um when I saw it June 8th was when it got posted um in uh 538.com is the website that posted it um it was written by Josh Planos um and I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but I'm thinking Josh Thanos, you know, from, from Marvel, but uh, Josh Planos um, uh, from last month, June 8th, uh, student athletes will soon be social media influencers and one college program is helping them do it. Okay. So um, in general, this article or as a whole, this article is about uh, university of Nebraska and we'll get into some of the details um, and what they're doing to um, get out ahead and proactively approach this NIL thing, which which I'm, I'm all for the proactive approach piece of it. Um, I do have some issues with the name, image, and likeness. Um, not that it's a, it's an all around bad thing. Obviously the NCAA is, um, light years behind, um, this, like they have been in the past, um, on, on almost everything. So that's really of no surprise. Um, but when I kind of get into the article, it definitely brings up, I think some, some good talking points, um, to discuss as we get moving forward. Um, because this, this is definitely something that's not going to go away. Um, it's not going to disappear. It will affect, um, college athletics one way or another, um, here moving forward. So, um, so just going through the article and you can, and you can go find it, um, online. Again, I shared it on Facebook. Um, but uh, in mid-March, University of Nebraska, an athlete marketing program, Open Doors, announced the launch of the Ready Now program, a first-of-its-kind partnership that will assist college athletes with individual branding to market themselves as social media influencers. Um, every student athlete will be provided a valuation of their brand, as well as insights into how to boost engagement, augment their social media following, content calendars, performance benchmarks, and various strategies will be provided to every athlete representing the scarlet and creams. Okay. So well, uh, basically social media influencers are kind of the big, 
um, let's say big money makers right now, but but it's a it's an easy way um, or a simple way, I guess. Maybe easy is not the right word. A simple way to uh, influence your brand and, and make money off social media posts, Instagram posts, um, whatever. Um, and so, w- what I think is good um, about this this piece is that it's it's kind of the first uh, the, the social media aspect, the Instagram. Um, aspect of all of this is kind of the first and simplest way that, that these athletes through the NIL are probably going to be able to make money. Um, and so, and we'll get into more of this later, but, um, but, but they're, they're attacking the social media platforms first, which I think is, is really probably the best way to do it because in the grand scheme of things, you know, not, not every athlete's going to get, um, you know, uh, signing Nike deals or signing in front of whatever they're not, uh, not going to be able to do that kind of stuff. But being a, a social media influencer is definitely something that a lot of these athletes will be able to do, um, going forward. And so I think it's, it's a good way to hit it. Um, the other, the other piece that I like, and, and like I said, the, um, uh, this isn't going to go away. The NIL stuff is is here for college athletics, and it's definitely going to be around. and And so, I do like that that they are that the University of Nebraska is getting out ahead of this um, and, and trying to um, create a foundation for their athletics department about what they're going to do and how they're going to handle it um, going forward. So, um, so the partnership, I think, uh, in general, is is a good thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, there's going to be a hands-on approach, maximizing NIL value for each student athlete. The goal is to see the NIL evaluations for all student athletes on campus increase between now and the day the NIL rules are in place. Okay. So, so again, being proactive before there's even, uh, an opportunity through legislation or whatever, a way for these athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness, they are uh, getting out ahead of it which I think is good. Um, those who spoke with 538 were adamant that once NIL rights are permitted by the NCAA, the influ- influencer marketing via social media will be the primary money-making vehicle of the modern-day student-athlete, one that will dominate at least the initial wave of transactions. Okay? Um, they've even gone to the point where um, they're adding their uh, the athlete's social media, um, whatever, their Instagram account or Twitter account, whatever they use mostly, is going to be actually a part of their roster um so that you can go and i guess click and go to that actual um athlete's profile page from um from the athletic website which is interesting um kind of way to do that um imagine being told as a teenager that an inquiring school estimates that you could garner five figures worth of endorsements money that could go toward improving living conditions for your family and setting up um for your post-college life that's a powerful incentive one that's already being used in recruiting pitches Coaches told 538. Okay. And, and here's where um, I guess my I start pumping the brakes a little bit. Um, and it says this in the article that this is going to be a compliance um, nightmare, which it is. Um, I, you know, and, and, and I think uh, the Nebraska coach John Cook has already been on record saying that, you know, he's, he's telling athletes um, that they'll make more money playing for Nebraska than they can anywhere else. And that, you know, may or may not be true. Um, you can look into the article for some of the details, but um, the fact that that's already being used as a recruiting pitch um, to me makes me makes me want to pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, because um, I think it's on one hand, I think it's great to say, hey, you know, we've got this program that's going to help you 
um, you know, evaluate your brand and, and get your name out there so that you can, you can make some money on the side. Like I think off your name, image and likeness, like I think that approach is good. Um, I think what we get, um, what I get worried about from, even from the recruiting side or not just from the recruiting side, but I think from kind of the other, once an athlete's there, right. Um, you go on a recruiting visit and you walk into the coach's office and this can happen in any sport, I guess, walk into the coach's office and he sits down and, and shows you three different file fold or four different file folders maybe and says, Hey, so here's all the companies that have agreed to sign with you. If you come to the university of Nebraska, um, and maybe they're local, maybe they're national. I don't know. Um, but that, that doesn't seem that far off to me right now. My friends in compliance have said, well, coaches are going to be hands off. And, and, and after he said that, uh, uh, we both laughed a little bit, um, because coaches aren't hands off on anything, right? Uh, coaches aren't hands off of anything that happens in their program. They are, um, in, into all of it, right. Which is again, why, you know, again, this article even says coaches are actually using this as a recruiting pitch. Okay. So the recruiting pitch and the files on the desk are to me, aren't that far off. Um, so, so that's one of the things that, that kind of worries me and makes me nervous. And then we get into the whole Odell Beckham jr. Thing that happened after the national championship. And, and he's handing out wads of cash to athletes like that's, I mean, uh, under this, under, under this NIL stuff, that's going to happen and it's going to be blatant and it's going to be out there in front of, for everyone to see, um, and so those are some of the things that I guess are, are disconcerting to me from the NIL, NIL perspective. Okay. So, so should athletes like, should, should the, the Madden NCAA football game be able to make money off of, um, you know, making their athletes on the game look exactly like the athletes at a school? No, they shouldn't be able to do that. Right. So should, uh, A&M be able to, you know, sell t-shirts that say Johnny football, or jerseys that say Johnny football with his, you know, Jersey number and stuff like that with, without the athletes getting some of that, like that to me just makes sense. Um, there, there definitely should be something in the legislation in my mind that, that, that creates a little bit of a, I don't want to say a buffer, but I can't think of the right word. Um, that creates something there for the athlete to say, you know, Hey, like you're literally putting my name on a Jersey and I don't get anything for it. Um, some of those things make sense. Some of the other stuff, again, you know, under the table, cash, all, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, this, the kind of peddling, um, you know, uh, companies or, or whoever that are going to sign deals with athletes if they come to a certain school, right. That those are, those things to me are the worries, right. We all, we all saw this with basketball just a couple of years ago. Uh, when all this happened with uh, Adidas got hit really hard, but Nike and Under Armour and all, they were all doing it. Right. Um, but, but they're saying, Hey, you know, you're an Adidas athlete, you're a Nike athlete. You got to go to Adidas school. You got to go to Nike school. Okay. So we're, we're not. Um, and that's, a, that was a huge issue um, as far as money being given under the table and money being given to parents and family members and things like that. And and that's, that, that to me, isn't necessarily going to, um, go away. Um, but maybe, maybe you don't think that's a bad thing. Maybe you don't think those things are bad. Um, but I, I think there's, you know, there's definitely, uh, some issues there, especially with the amateurism. Right. Um, so, so I think that's, um, 
that that's part of the why I pump my brakes um, is because there there is going to be a lot of um, uh, coaches are going to be involved right at, at every sport okay for the most part. Um, one of the things that's interesting about Nebraska doing this is, um, you know, Nebraska, it says it's an article, Nebraska represents a unique backdrop for an NIL experiment to be conducted. It's a Power 5 school in one of 24 states without a professional sports franchise and features just three Division One athletic powers within its borders. Okay, so there's only three Division One schools in the state of Nebraska, no professional sports. Um, and so when it comes to athletics, collegiate athletics, those college athletes are um, you know, the homegrown heroes, so to speak. Okay. Um, uh, depending on how legislation shakes out, Tim Miles, um, uh, former NBA, former Nebraska ba- basketball coach and a current Big Ten analyst, uh, Tim Miles said he would suggest uh, schools consider hiring director of development, which I think is a great idea. Miles noted how difficult it would be for compliance teams to stay on top of what's certain to be a challenge, unlike anything experienced before. Okay. So, and that's what I said, it's a compliance nightmare. Um, even between now and the legislation, uh, actually coming into play because you're not going to know everything that's being done now, right. Is, is leading up to, and you're not going to have any control over things. Um, and and most athletic departments, and we'll throw this out there too. Most athletic departments aren't Nebraska, right. You can't hire an outward company to do your entire athletic staff and to handle their social media pages and things like that. So most schools aren't going to have the most schools don't even have the ability to handle their compliance now, right? At the Division One level or Division Two level, um, I mean, you don't have that opportunity to keep track of everything now. Um, and now with all this other stuff, whatever the legislation looks like, whatever the rules look like, that's part of it too. We don't know um, what all that's going to look like, but but it could be a huge challenge. Um, and I, and I think you know one helping the athletes evaluate their brand and, and, um, you know, boost likes and followers and things like that to try to make a little more money on the side is, is one thing. Um, but you know, are, are we helping them, um, with their money management? Are we helping them, um, make, you know, make good choices with the money that they get, um, and, and things like that. There's definitely, uh, a lot more pieces than just, um, uh, you know, growing their, their individual brand, their NIL brand. Um, there's definitely more pieces to that. And hopefully some of this is being covered. It's not talked about in this article. Um, but, uh, hopefully some of that stuff is, is either being covered or going to be talked about or going to be addressed, um, here down the road. Cause we are still really, um, a couple of years out from, from this stuff kind of happening. So, um, Nebraska isn't the only school doing this. In, in the article, it mentions Georgia Tech football team has partnered with someone. Um, but, uh, you know, it does say some are even trying to develop relationships before a player arrives on campus, right? So that's, you know, getting into the whole amateurism piece of college athletics and 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 coronavirus is certainly having impact on all of that as well. But, um, I mean, the amateurism of college athletics, I think, is – is I don't want to say it's going to go away when all of this kind of stuff happens. Um, cause there's obviously, you know, there's definitely athletes that are going to make 50 bucks maybe. Um, and there's going to be athletes that make thousands and it kind of lays it out in the article kind of comparing, comparing the, the different athletes in each sport and how many followers they have and things like that. Um, well, one of the thing, and, and there's some other companies that are getting ahead of this too, trying to help out athletes. 
the studentplayer.com it mentions in, in the article um, is uh, we get involved and engage with the fans and athletes before they even pick a school. They'll come to the site and see what sponsorship opportunities are available at different schools and know that there will be an offer from us to whoever ends up playing at the university. So I went to studentplayer.com and kind of, because I was curious about what it looked like, it said it had raised more than $100,000 from contributions. Um, most of that money is from one uh, company, I think. looks like it, it donated $100,000, and kind of the other money is from individuals and, and things like that. Um, and, and I don't know anything about studentplayer.com except what I found on the website. Um, but, but it looks like the idea is, Hey, if I want to choose between, let's just say, um, cause we're talking about Nebraska, let's talk about the other two. Let's talk about Creighton. Let's talk about Nebraska, Omaha. If I'm choosing between those two schools, well, I can go to the studentplayer.com and I can see how much money either of those schools has, uh, for my sport has brought in and, and what my opportunities are for, for me to be, to get a chunk of that money. Okay. So um, it's, it's a, a little weird and definitely weird to, to look at and go, wow, that's like, this is something that could, you know, really, um, affect, uh, a, an athlete's decision on where they go to school. And, and I think that's kind of what this whole article and what Nebraska is, is getting out in front of is that, um, um, that this is going to come into, uh, to be part of the decision-making now, um, for athletes. Similar to what the the COA, the cost of attendance, um, has done for some of the Power Five schools and some of the some of the schools that have more money that aren't maybe a Power Five school, that cost of attendance makes a huge difference um, as far as you know living expenses and and food and things like that and gas. Um, so that has definitely come into play um, for those schools, um, and I think this this is something that will too. Um, those schools that have the opportunity. Um, the support structure, um, you know, the branding, um, those schools that have uh, those opportunities for athletes are going to be more, um, those athletes are going to be incentivized to go to those schools more than they would another school. Okay. So you're comparing, you know, not only comparing the level of play, but the level of support and, and benefits that you get from picking one school over the other. Okay. Um, and, 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 in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, education, the education side of it um, <clears throat> is, is not even a factor anymore. And that was something that this article kind of hinted at was that it's already not. And, and the student, the student first um, aspect of college athletics is kind of a joke. And, and I, and I do just disagree with him there. Um, you know, go look at any women's soccer team across the country Um a, a women's volleyball team or, or rowing teams, you know, those, those teams um, at most institutions historically will have some of the highest GPAs um, of, 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 you know, not only their athletics department, but across the country. Right. Um, and, and those, those athletes are becoming, you know, doctors and nurses and all sorts of other things. And so, so education is definitely still a piece of it here. Um, I, I hate the idea that we're throwing that all away. And, and let's be honest too, like the, the difference, you know, several athletes are going to be able to make thousands of dollars, but like I said, several athletes are going to make 10, um, you know, they're, they're not, their brand is not going to be as big as, as other athletes. And so there, there is still the educational, piece of this that I think, um, needs to be included. So, um, 
so yeah, it's a it's a good article. It's definitely something that that I'll definitely be uh, chatting with college coaches over here in the next couple of years and, and figuring their perspective and, and things um, about the NIL and what the process looks like. Um, obviously, haven't heard anything about it uh, recently because um, the NCAA has their own things to worry about and college coaches have their own things to worry about trying to figure out are we going to have a season when our season starts and things like that. But um, but yeah, it's an interesting topic. If you guys have any thoughts or questions um, about the NIL stuff that you would like me to, to maybe find out or dig into some college coaches for you guys, I would definitely love to, to do that and get that information out there. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit of recruiting. I do have uh, a little bit of time here, um, and, and I wanted to hit on on this um, thought real quick. So um, I'm I'm typing up the my my blog post for this um, uh, here uh, in a little bit after the podcast um, to go out tomorrow. But I did want to touch on this communication aspect um, of, of recruiting right now. And, and especially with the 2022 class. And I think of, I think as a whole, um, it, it's been interesting to me to see the, the communication, um, between athletes and coaches, uh, over the last month, um, re- again, really with the 22 class and, and obviously with some of the other, um, classes out there, but, um, but I have, I've had several athletes, um, just choose not to respond to college coaches, kind of against my um, advice and, and better judgment, just not respond to them um, because they're not interested. And, and and at first I was kind of uh, maybe upset about it, I guess. is like, So I'm like, no, you respond, you email them back. Um, but but it's it's interesting to me to, to sit back and to think about it and go, well, yeah, why, why would you respond, right, as an athlete? Um, you know, I, I think in our social media likeness, followers, get likes, post stuff, pay attention to me kind of, um, you know, not mentality, but just the world that we live in. Right. Um, I, you know, I've, I've heard athletes say, oh, if I don't have 50 likes in the first 30 minutes, I delete the post. Um, so it's just there's there's so many things out there about social media. So then I was, I was applying that to the communi- communication side. And again, I'm trying to work this out in, in my, my blog post, but, um, but, but I think that the interesting piece, and again, specifically if you look at the 22 class and looking at the 23 class going forward, if, if an athlete was reaching out to a college coach with, with basic information, maybe, maybe film, maybe a, a certain level of interest, uh, maybe not a high level of interest, but even just a general level of interest to the school. And that school turned around and didn't respond at all, either respond to a club coach, high school coach. Hey, we got their email. Thanks for reaching out. Here's some information about our school, like maybe a questionnaire, something like that. Um, I know a lot of schools send out questionnaires and, and the whole camp invite thing. Um, but, but I think those are just so basic at this point that you have to do those. So, so needing a little bit more than that. So why would an athlete respond to you when you didn't respond to when the college coach didn't respond to them over the last year, six to eight months? Um, and that was kind of what I, what I, what I, the, maybe the realization that I came to was, yeah, they're not going to, um, I mean, unless it's a school that they, you know, their, their, their dream school or like this really, really big school, why would they respond back to you when they've gotten nothing 
nothing from you. And so, so this whole idea of communication, um, again, trying to, trying to flesh it out a little bit. Um, but, but I've been the advocate since I've been on this side of the recruiting world for the athlete to be the, you know, the proactive one reaching out to college coaches. Um, because you just, you never know when, um, when that school maybe will finally read your email and finally watch your film and, and finally a spot opens up. Um, and so to do that kind of consistently, and it's really, really hard for athletes to do that, obviously. Um, but, but I think that, um, kind of what, what June 15th showed me and, and as I'm learning in the, in the weeks afterwards, um, you know, I really think that as, as college coaches, you know, we, I put myself in that category, right. Um, should be modeling that communication behavior and what that looks like. Right. And, and not just, um, not just sending out the general, the general thing, um, because you're going to, you're not going to get the response that maybe you want. So, so now, um, because we haven't, again, we, because college coaches haven't been responding to kids emails and contact information or, or whatever, um, over this, over this six to eight months prior to June 15th. Now, when they do, and they don't get a response, um, it's, it's kind of expected, I guess. Um, so I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I would love to hear, you know, maybe, um, some, some athletes thought on it, some parents thought, some coaches thought on that. Um, but coming from the perspective of should the college coaches be the ones, um, you know, being the example of, of how to communicate to athletes. And, and even from, even just from this simple thing that drives me crazy, right? Um, because I'm on this side and I have, I talked to a lot of college coaches, but when I have an athlete get an email back that says, Hey, we're done with this class, or, you know, we're not recruiting your position, um, something like that. Um, and so, and I know, and I know um, that they're still recruiting kids in that class and they're just still recruiting kids in that position. So, so just that even something as simple as communicating, Hey, we're, we're done. Like we're not interested in you. Right. Like that, that to me is the simplest, easiest thing to do. Um, and, and I think we should do that more. Um, because I, I think, you know, uh, holding, making kids hold on to this sort of hope that they're somewhere on the list um, you know, it is, is disingenuous and not helpful and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but I also think that, that, you know, where does that, where does that responsibility fall is being the, um, being the one to say, Hey, this is how we need to be communicating. We need to be communicating better. We need to be communicating more often. Um, so that, anyway, that was just kind of my thought. I think that I've always thought that both sides could do a better job of communicating. Um, but, but kind of looking at it, trying to look at it from the, the athlete perspective, um, from the, from this idea that, Hey, you know, if, if I'm the athlete and I'm sending out a bunch of emails to schools and, um, I don't hear anything back from six for six to eight months when they finally reach out to me, you know, what incentive do I have to respond back to them? Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thought. It's an interesting, interesting idea that I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. Um, and, and what is going to be the best way to handle those situations when, you know, you're, you're not interested in a school, um, and, and trying to get athletes to say that it's okay to let them know they're not interested and, and silence should it, I guess silence shouldn't be, um, the international signal for not interested, right? 
Um, and I think that's where we are on both sides is an athlete doesn't hear from a college coach. They assume they're not interested. College coach doesn't hear from an athlete, assume they're not interested. Um, but we, but we don't even need the silence, right? We could just, we could just communicate a little bit better. Um, I think on both sides. So Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com, check out my blog, or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening.